Assalamu alaikum guys and welcome back to another episode of the Word Fairs. So it's actually such a miracle that I am uploading today. Um, I was well and truly set on not uploading um, because I was so tired. I literally was so, so tired. Um, I think it was like the second week I've been back at work um, and yeah like it's just been so tiring to be honest with you because I mean right now what is it it's January 2022 and you know we've just been hit with the Omicron variant and it is intense it's incredibly incredibly busy at work um and to be honest with you we're kind of struggling we are kind of um we're really really struggling with the numbers to be honest with you um and you know it's not just you know the amount of customers that are coming through the amount of people who are walk-ins etc it's actually our own staff as well we have never had this many like this this amount of staff test positive ever on on a a covid site um and it's not just our site it's a lot of sites actually so um you know the the managers they've seen like a link and they're kind of worried but yeah it's been so busy um literally I would come home absolutely drained yesterday I went to bed at half nine and I could have gone earlier to be honest with you but I was just wasting time and you know literally we had Isha came down no I had a shower read Isha came down literally I just made a cheese pasty because I was just I could not be bothered to even eat anything and I went to bed and I was saying to my brother, I was like, literally, like, I got into bed and I read my calls and, you know, read my, uh, you know, etc. And my head hit the pillow and that's it. I don't remember anything after that because I was that, that tired. So anyways, I thought, you know what, today I genuinely don't have it in me to record an episode. But Alhamdulillah, something come through, like something, something come through, okay? And I was like, nope, I can't miss an episode. And I also had an episode planned, so I was like, okay, that's fine. So yes, um, if you are here, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you so much for being a part of the little the little word affairs family that we've got going on here, okay? So this week's episode, I think it's going to be quite chill. I think it's just going to be a bit of a chit chat, to be honest with you, um, about kind of like, you know, growing and maturing from the past and, you know, how we are allowed to change and develop as we grow, okay? So as you get older, you'll realise that the opinions that you once held are, you know, such an age, you know, they're not really the same opinions that you hold today. And sometimes people can paint that as a very bad thing. Like, hey, once you stick by something, you have to till the end of, you know, your your days. And that's not necessarily true. And the reason why it's not true is because we are supposed to mature. We're supposed to grow. We're supposed to develop. We're supposed to change. And that could be a good thing. That could be a bad thing. But regardless, change is natural, okay? We as humans, we develop, we adapt. So um, sometimes it's very funny because you know, people around us or people that we want to know, they want to change, they want to become a better person, for example. And all we can do is just bring up, you know, whatever it is that they did in the past, whatever kind of issues they dealt with. And it reminded me of something that a, um, I can't remember who it was, but someone who talks about Islam, like, you know, and is famous, whatever, like a sheikh or a mufti or something. I can't remember his name for the life of me. But he said something along the lines of how, you know, you are not supposed to shun your Muslim brothers and sisters. If they do something or if they have committed a crime or committed a sin, we have a very bad tendency to just then kick them out of the community. To shun them forever and, you know, not even speak about them. It's taboo. And not let them back in. But what you're actually doing that way, what you are doing, you're basically isolating them. You are literally making it harder for them. 
And when you're going to make it hard for them, you know, they are going to leave the path eventually because they literally have no one to support them. And rather, once they commit a sin, once they commit a crime, you're supposed to bring them back in. You're supposed to open, you like openly welcome them, okay, with, you know, forgiveness. And be like, hey guys, you know what? It's okay. You've got another chance. You can do this and we let you back in and we're going to help you. But rather what we do in our communities is make it so difficult to the point where, you know, they've done something, they've done that crime, they've done that sin and now they're just forever doing the time for it. And I've seen this constantly and constantly around us. It's really, really sad, to be honest with you. I remember um, reading a story, actually, on uh, Reddit, I think. I don't know if I spoke about it. Um, I don't think I did, to be honest with you. But basically, it was talking about how a revert Muslim a woman, you know, she was married. They'd been married for, I don't know how many years, quite a few years, actually. You know, she'd married a proper, you know, Muslim-born man. She herself was a revert. And now they were struggling. I want to say it was like eight years in the marriage, but I, they were now struggling because, um, well, they basically were clashing. He could not let go of whatever she had done in her past because obviously she was not a Muslim before they got married. And he just could not let go of that. The notion, you know, that, hey, she's got a past or, hey, you know, she's been doing things with guys or whatever. And he just could not let go. And she was so sad, so upset because it was literally affecting their marriage. Their marriage was falling apart because of this. And she was like, look, the first thing that I had ever said to him, you know, when we got married was my past is my past. That was before Islam. And, you know, I want to forget that. And we're not going to let that get in, you know, the way of us. And at the time he was fine. But for some reason, you know, a few years down the line, it started to attack him and, you know, mentally play on, you know, his mind. And it's really sad because realistically as well, she actually does not owe him anything. And a lot of girls actually don't know this. A lot of girls don't know that you you actually do not owe the man that you are going to one day marry. You do not owe him an explanation. You do not owe him, you know, to, you know, tell him like a recount of everything you've ever done. Um, oh, he held the door for me one time. Like, come on, you're not, it's okay. There's two reasons for that. The first reason is because, number one, like I said, you do not owe him anything. And number two, you're not supposed to be revealing your sins. Um, In the day and age that we live in today, unfortunately, we are so good at revealing our sins. You know, you, you just have to go on TikTok, you just have to go on social media, you know, you've heard stories around you and it's becoming normalised. And yeah, the sad reality of that is it's very wrong. Now, I think I uploaded a TikTok, I want to say it was about a week or two ago. And um, in general sense, I did not realise this once I'd, once I'd uploaded a TikTok. I genuinely, genuinely didn't realize that I had done this and the minute I you know found out I took it down and basically it was just a TikTok just for engagement really um you know just to have a bit of a chit chat in the comments um and I was like oh like you know I think it was to the world's the girls or something but just in general I was like what's the one thing that you left for the sake of Allah and I was like oh I'll go first like I stopped doing my eyebrows which is true and you know a lot of people you know responded well in the comments and they were like oh I left this I left that I think it was towards the girls to be honest with you and a lot of these girls were so proud of the way you know they had let you know go xyz sin but um once or twice people did point out hey you're not supposed to be revealing your sins and i totally forgot like you know i i literally subhanallah i literally literally forgot that we're not supposed to be doing that and sadly i took the tiktok down now don't get me wrong it did very well um but i was like listen it's dean of dunya so i i took it i took it down instantly oopsie doopsie sorry about that guys that was my alarm um i don't know if you guys heard that or not but yeah, anyways, back to what I was saying. Um, so I took the TikTok down because I realised, you know, yeah, it's true, we are revealing our sins. But yeah, back to what I was saying um, before that, 
it's really sad because people you know take that to the they take that to the heart and they really really obsess over it now but like just for clarification this episode is not about that I don't know why I just started talking about that I was just basically talking about in reality of how we change and we develop as we grow and recently on my story on Instagram I put up a post um me and my brother we were going out and we were on the tram and there were these two little girls who were just minding their own business just sat there chit-chatting away and um they were holding like their new toys in you know, like the packaging fresh packaging like little dolls and like I don't know my little pony things and they were so excited and they were basically analyzing each other's toys and like oh my god yeah this one's got that oh my god look at the colors on this one etc right they were just so so happy and I just looked at them and I literally thought that right there subhanallah is purity like literally that is ultimate innocence because what more can you get like what is more pure than a child's heart right as we grow older we commit more sins and we commit more sins and our hearts get blacker right because we know that for every sin we commit we get a little black dot on our heart and here you've got these little children right who mustn't have even been older than seven and they are just over the moon over their new toys and I sat there and I smiled because I looked at them and I thought to myself that is so beautiful so obviously without showing their face or anything I literally just zoomed in on their toys to be honest with you um I put it up on my story and it reminded me of how there was a time when I never wanted children and for the record that is not a sin I just want to say that here in loud and clear um you know you can we have emotions we feel certain ways and it's not a total sin not to have children yet we are told by the prophet muhammad وسلم, that we are supposed to be increasing our ummah so you know the more children the more merry type of thing um and you know you're not supposed to like permanently sterilize yourself from having children if that makes sense tmi but yes you know things need to be things like that need to be talked about and yeah you know you shouldn't really be taking you know attempts to fully sterilize yourself from that however um obviously if there's a medical reason to do so then you know it makes sense and I never really realized that because basically for a long time I was just like no I just don't want children um and I think I said quite a lot actually you know my family and my cousins and everything my friends but it wasn't something that I had openly like admitted like oh my god I do not want no it's just more so like I just didn't know how to deal with children I just I just did not know how to um like nurture them and take care of them because I've never been put in a position like that you know I am the eldest of my family and I've got two younger brothers we haven't really got children nothing like that the most we have is a cat and I love her to death I think she was also one of the reasons why I started to love children more because you know of her innocence and just she's just a little baby um but yeah I didn't really know how to react with children and there was also a time when I think I was about 17 18 years old so I was in sixth form um and I, you know, had um, cousins who had lots of babies and, you know, when they'd come over, when we'd go to their house, oh my God, like, I loved the kids, but at the same time, guys, I could not do it. I could not do it because it was a nursery, all right? And, oh, like, literally, even me and my mum would be like, no, I can't do more than two hours because it was madness it was chaos literally it was absolutely chaotic you've got a kid running over here you've got another one wailing over there you've got another one trying to play you know toy toys with you it was just so crazy and it was I mean it was cute at times don't get me wrong sometimes you know kids that do the cutest things ever but at the same time I just couldn't take it and it would really really um stress me out to the point where you know I'd be like oh I need to get out of here like literally I, I would just become overwhelmed and um 
after that, I just realized, you know, kids are very, very difficult. It's a big responsibility, really. You know, children, it's not easy just to say today, oh, I want a child, you know. Um, and for the record, I mean, I'm not married or anything like that. But obviously, I, I look at the way people are, you know, in their relationships. And I'm like, sometimes, sadly, people think that having a child will fix everything if your relationship's not fixed. And rather, that doesn't fix things. Sometimes it makes it worse because now you have a a responsibility that is forever, like, laid upon you. Like, you are not going to get that rid of that responsibility okay um so sometimes it makes things worse um but also um to raise a child in today's day and age is very hard okay and i think we can all basically sit here and agree we are all in you know we're in we're just agreeing that the, the generation that we are seeing oh my god it's insane um now that shouldn't be a a motive enough to like stop you from having children but i do get scared in general of like how would i raise my children in this in this world that's one of the biggest things that would hold me back you know so i would always be like mm, i don't really know how i'm going to be raising my children and you know get them on dean or whatever not even on dean because i mean back then i wasn't really the most religious person ever um but in general i was just like how on earth am i supposed to raise my children and give them a correct upbringing you know because that's not something that should be taken lightly we should take that very very seriously and it's very hard like you know no one should ever be down about that because you know motherhood and parenthood in general fatherhood it's very very hard um so that was something that would constantly play on my head um and I just thought to myself yeah like I I don't really know how I'm going to be doing that and rather I don't know if I would be able to give it justice I don't think I would be able to give a justified kind of upbringing or just do them justice by that sense so yeah it would genuinely put me off now the thing is it's crazy because you know I feel like when you get closer to your religion um the world just starts to look a little different and the way you view the world the way you view yourself the way you view people around you um it all changes it all absolutely opens up subhanallah so recently i found out and i just realized oh wow like i would really like to have children one day and i think this is a very very open conversation for the record like on a podcast just to say in general um, you know, it's not something I'd be like talking about anywhere, here, there or everywhere. But it's true. Like one thing I realised was no matter how hard a generation can be, no matter how hard things can get around you, if you want a child, like and you know, you're married, like you should have a child, you know? Um, but also Allah always provides for that child. Like before they even written everything sorry, before they even brought into this world everything's written for them already and so what is the need to stress out that to that much you know just do what you can do and in terms of upbringing and stuff like that it's crazy because like as I got close to my dean I started to realize hey here are the rights here are the wrongs and that's what I need to teach my children and that was kind of um a really big eye-opener for me really because I, I loved that I loved the fact that getting close to my dean it, it just softens you you know it softens you as a person I think the reason for sometimes when you look at the people we used to be and the people we were and you know the people we are now in terms of the change and the growth and you know the development you don't you don't only have a change of mentality you don't only have a change of actions your heart absolutely changes 
you know, you become so soft, you become so gentle with people and you start to understand their perspectives, you start to understand where they're coming from and, you know, especially in this type of individualistic culture that we live in where every man for himself, quite frankly, sometimes we are so caught up that we forget to look at the other person and see how they're doing and so in a situation like this where you get closer to your deen and, you know, you're starting to learn the etiquettes and the manners of a Muslim, you know, you're, you're told and you, you tell yourself, hey, I need to start being nice or I need to start just genuinely being softer with people. And before you know it, your own heart starts to open up to absolutely any and every opportunity and any and every kind of like ability that would come your way really. And one of them for me was the concept of children. Now, it's really weird because, um, you know, motherhood and all that type of stuff, maybe it just didn't fit in with my kind of like ideals and motives at the time. Um, and now it does as in the sense of, you know, hey, like women are nurturing. Women are very, very nurturing characters. They are just generally emotional beings. Now, recently, um, a friend of mine and me, we were talking about this actually. And the whole concept of how, you know, men are the protectors. We have been told this in Islam. Men are the protectors and, you know, women are kind of essentially the nurturers. And, you know, if you look at it, you know, yourself, you know, the, the man came to the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and he asked, you know, who should I basically be respecting or who's, who's basically... Who, who has priority from my father and my mother? And the Prophet said the mother three times. And then he said the father. So essentially, the mother has 75% of that priority. And the father has 25%. Is, is my math correct? Yeah, I think that's correct. But, you know, if you sit down and you think, oh, okay, well, why? And it all comes down to the differences in emotional well-being and states of a man and a woman. So, in reality, men are known as the protectors because, in reality, that's what they've got to do. They've got to protect their family. They've got to protect the women that they're responsible for. They've got to provide for them. They've got to take care of them. They've got to take them to places, etc. They've got to protect them. And women are the nurturers, as in the sense of emotional well-being, you know, mental, mental kind of like touches here and there um now that doesn't mean that a man you know will never be you know in touch with his emotional side he's never going to be good with his kids that's not what we mean and if anything you know it's upon him to be very good with his kids and his wife but um in terms of the nurturing side emotional side it it reminded me a lot of the whole concept of why you need two female witnesses and why you only need one male witness. Now, this is for anything, right? So we're told if, for example, something as small as adultery, okay? um, You know, in the Sharia, like the, the punishment for adultery basically is stoning, right? Now, um, the, the, that only really kind of comes into play if if the act or whatever it was was witnessed by people and for that say if it was witnessed by women you would need two women you would need two female witnesses to come forth whereas say if it was witnessed by men you'd only need one one male witness to come through okay forgive me for my uh, mummering there um, but, you know, some people can question that and be like, oh, that's not fair. Why would you need two female witnesses? And why do you only need one male witness? And I get you. I hear you 100% because that is what I used to think once upon a time. I think that's not fair. And I, you know, started to do my research and I was like, okay, well, where does this come from? Why has this been said? And believe it or not, once it kind of hit me, subhanAllah, I was like, oh my God, here, right, here we go again. It makes sense. Like Islam makes sense once again. So, um, 
in Islamic like I said to you, you need two female female witnesses and you need one male witness. And believe it or not, nothing is written by mistake, okay? Nothing is written as a mistake in Islam. Nothing can be changed or developed or modernized. You know, you wouldn't hear anyone be like, no, let's change that. You only need one female witnesses, right? You know, nowadays. That does not happen, okay? And the reason for that is because at the time when this rule was made, and today, today I still believe this firmly exists, the consideration of emotional aspects was taken in, you know, it was just, thought of before this was made so Allah basically said this to us because women are very emotional women every decision that you take most of the time it's influenced by emotions to certain aspects okay now there's always a constant battle between the mind and the heart and you know for men it could be similar but in reality men are very straight to the point cut chase you know how sometimes when you say like oh you know if they make a mistake the women feel it right there and then and become emotional about it and they just feel it so much and a man doesn't feel it until later on you know we've heard that so many times um but in this sense let's say for example the act of adultery is committed okay and you know they they need to basically they found a girl and a guy doing things whatever and you know now it comes down to like what are we going to do with these people in the court okay so um the thing is the women basically may turn around right they may turn around and be like you know what though they're young like they're young the kids right they're only young it's young love like i know they made a mistake but let's forgive them this time and then we'll move on next time all right like let's just give them one more chance or they might be like oh it's true love like they did it out of love it's not their fault like you know they can't get married for xyz reason it's not fair on them you know we shouldn't be too harsh on them or they may be like oh you know just give them a second chance like they're not gonna do again i promise i'll make sure they don't do it again but let's not let's not be this harsh this time whereas with men they'll see something and they'll be like nope that's wrong like nope that's wrong and that's it and i've been told we need to do this it's happening and so they take that action right there and then. Whereas with women, we always, always are indecisive. And, you know, I, I always relate this back as a laughing matter of, guys, I can't even choose what I'm going to eat for tonight. Like, I literally, if you ask me what do I want to eat, the simple answer is I don't know. I do not know. I don't know what I want to eat. Um, So you're asking me to make a decision of what I want to eat tonight. But imagine having to ask me to make a decision on someone's life, on someone's fate. Like, that's insane. And so say if we need two female witnesses. Now, why has it come to the conclusion that we need two? Because if one kind of, like, becomes indecisive or if one starts to falter in her decision, the other one can be there to remind her, hey, look, what we're doing is wrong. We shouldn't be changing our minds because this is X, you know, X is the crime and Y is the punishment. Um... And vice versa, she can also, you know, advise the other one. Whereas with men, men are just straight, cut to the point, chase, you know, they don't really, they don't really mess, they don't really F with emotions, you know, they don't really mess about with emotions. They're just like, okay, yep, you know, I've decided, end of, done deal. So this is also one of the reasons why that's the case. Now, if we kind of compare it back to the whole concept of emotions and everything, it kind of makes sense, you know? It makes sense of why, you know, sometimes kids always go to the mother first. You know, there's always a good cop, bad cop. The mother is always mostly the good cop. Mothers are just so nurturing. Um, SubhanAllah, they're just such beautiful creatures. Like, creatures? Like, just human beings in general. Your mum literally would go to the ends of the earth for you. 
they would literally, you know, if they could, they would save a child from the fire. Like, they literally would, okay? Your mum would literally do anything and everything for you. And, you know, with the same with your dad, to be honest with you. Your dad would love you so much. He would try his best to do things for you as well. But, you know, there's just something different about a mother's love. And we know that. Um, You know, the fact that the Prophet Muhammad wasallam even knew that. And he said, look, your mother, your mother, your mother. And it comes down to the whole concept of women and men. You know, women sometimes when sadly a woman is left to basically fend for herself and she's a single mother, for example, she takes full responsibility, okay? She literally takes on the role of a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, a granddad, a grandma. And, you know, we see that in men as well. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong. There are some amazing single dads out there. But the amount, if you just look at it, the differences of how many times the man has walked out in a family in comparison to a woman, you know, it's it's very massive. The difference is so big. And it, co- it all boils down to emotions. Now, how does getting closer to your dean change you as a person? Genuinely, I think it opens up your heart. And when it opens up your heart, you become more vulnerable to emotions. Now, this could happen, you know, in any sense for anyone. But, you know, then Sadly, like, you know, sometimes, obviously, people don't get close and they just forever stay stone, cold, hide. You know, you may be actually naturally just emotional from day one. But, you know, for me, for example, when I got close to my dean, I, I started to realise and I started to get really in touch with my emotional side. And I think that may have been because I may have been blocking it off for a while. Um, but yeah, I got so close to my emotional side. It became so vulnerable to my emotions in the sense of like, I really started to understand how I felt. Um, and just started to really process every single emotion that I was feeling and um, you know sooner or later I started to see children as beautiful beautiful blessings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I, I realized that they're miracles and you would be lucky to have a you know a child because there are people out there who will never ever get the chance to ever experience motherhood there are people out there who are crying every single day and night for a baby and here we are being ungrateful and so it's all these little things like that we need to really stop and think to ourselves is what I am asking for, is the way I am acting ungrateful. Because the last thing you could ever want is to be ungrateful for anything, right? You literally cannot ever wish to be ungrateful for anything. So um, I'm kind of cutting that one short, to be honest with you, because I feel like recently we've been having very long episodes and I wanted to do Reddit, you know, relax with Reddit. But I hope that a lot of you could kind of see what I was blabbering on about in this episode, to be honest with you. Because um, I did put it up on my story and you guys were like, yeah, like do an episode on it. So I thought, okay, why not? So yeah, I hope you guys really enjoyed that. And now we're moving on to the next segment. I can't even speak today. The next segment of Relax With Reddit. Okay, so we are back, guys. And the first question is, what kind of careers do you guys have or plan on pursuing? So this was recently um, added into the Reddit thread. So this girl says, if you don't feel comfortable sharing the title, you can comment your field below. For example, medical, technology, engineer, education. I'm just curious. Currently, I'm in college. I want to do something in medical, but I heard most medical students start out by working in the nights, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. So for the record, I am not studying medicine. A lot of people message me this. I think maybe I have misled people somewhere down the line because um, a lot of people get biomedicine confused with bio- with medicine, and that's not the case, guys. Like, I am not studying medicine. Um, but what I will be doing is the physician associate course, inshallah, which is um, a form of graduate medicine. So I can relate to this because I remember when I got my GCSEs and everyone was like, be a doctor. And I was just like, no, no I'm not being a doctor. Because I genuinely did not have any um, passion or like any kind of like commitment towards it. And, you know, to be a doctor, especially in this country, girl, you are not doing it for money. 
Like if you're if you're wanting to be a doctor, you have to do because you genuinely love the sacral medicine, or because your parents are brown. It's either or. Like there's no in between. Okay. So, um. I never had any passion towards that and I was like yeah I don't know what I'm gonna do anyways you know so many years down the line now I'm doing the physician associate course and I still would never want to be a doctor like so many people are like oh the PA course is like a knockoff doctor or you're doing everything without the doctor title and hey look I hear you loud and clear but that doesn't mean you have to diss that because it's totally different people do not realize this we do similar things but you know, there's a reason why physician associates are physician associates and doctors are doctors. I would never change it for the world. If I wanted to, I could have done graduate entry medicine. Like literally I could have done it. It's not that, you know, difficult um, as in, you know, to understand. Um, but I didn't. I literally chose the PA course for a reason. So anyways, after this whole concept of like, you know, working nights, I think that is something I had heard as well about medicine. Like, oh, you know, most students have to do nights. And, you know, honestly, at the age of 21, you know, I still don't know whether they're supposed to be doing nights or not. But the bottom line is a lot of people are put off from these type of um, careers, these type of fields uh, for every reason, X, Y, Z. Now, me personally, um, I'll be honest, a conflict that I've been having recently with jobs is the whole concept of it does it, you know, is it permitted in Sharia law? As in what I mean by that is like, if I'm choosing to do a job, am I basically you know, um, putting my dean aside for a job. And that was one of the, you know, struggles I was having. And I was reading this thread and a few of the girls, you know, below were saying, oh, you know, I want to do this job. My parents are happy with it. I want to do that job. But I did research and I'm not too comfortable with the idea. And with me, um, I think one thing I'm very, very scared of is male patients. Now, hear me out. I'm not scared of males. Men, you do not scare me. But the concept of touching male patients I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with it in general. And I know that for my OSCEs or, you know, for practices and stuff. And when I'm, you know, doing my placements, I will see male patients and I will have to maybe, you know, participate in that. And I understand that. But um, what I believe is like, it's a necessity to get to where I want to, inshallah, one day where I hope, I hope that I can enter such a speciality where I'm just dealing with females, really. Um, But I mean what she means in reality to that is like you know what kind of career you're going through because as a hijabi woman as well it's very very difficult you know you can get very easily put off by other people and um sometimes you just have certain jobs that you know or people aren't comfortable with you doing you know oh it's not okay etc i've heard this time and time again in a lot of families and a lot of girls and i just want to say that if you really really want to be doing a certain job and you know there's nothing wrong with it then what's stopping you i put up a post quite recently on um instagram on my story about how a lot of people use the example of khadija anhu, one of the wives of the prophet muhammad uh, wasalam, i put up uh, you know that that a lot of girls use that example to just basically justify absolutely any line of work and i will stand by this um the concept of western feminism um straight up i'm just going to say how it is is flawed is messed up okay and i can go on about this for days and you know what in fact i may even do an episode on this one day because listen i got i got things to say on this and this is coming from an ex-feminist okay i used to be one of the biggest biggest feminists like in terms of western feminism right oh my god i literally used to be so big like my mom and sorry my brothers would and dad would be calling me like emma watson as a joke at home they'd be like all right emma watson um just to like take the mick out of me and now alhamdulillah like um i will still 100 percent stand by this um you know sadly there are places around the world that do not give women's um you know do not give women their rights 
and um you know they they really take women as a mock like they they mock them they joke them you know they just don't take us seriously um and they they also you know create massive injustices against women and I will stand by forever that that is not right okay and um, it needs to be you know there needs to be action taken against it however at the same time the concept of western feminism like I do not understand that because I'll be honest we live in a time and era where um, the less clothes you're wearing the better you are Um, and if you want to choose to cover up oh, okay, you're a terrorist, like straight up, like that's how they view you, or, you know, oh my god, the the hijab is a form of oppression, um, hello, okay, and I could turn around and be like, bras are a form of oppression, and, you know, sorry if that makes anyone uncomfortable, but, yeah, this whole concept of, like, pitting women against each other, pitting women of different choices against each other, uh, this is what feminism leads to, I'm telling you. And I'm, again, I'm specifically stating Western feminism. I'm not saying feminism, I'm saying Western feminism, right? And this kind of whole career thing, it kind of brings back to that. A lot of a lot of people always use the example of Khadija, who, oh, she was a businesswoman, you know, oh, that's why I can do X, Y, Z. But in reality, people don't understand uh, that, First of all, that business is not something she created herself. She had actually inherited it from, you know, her husband's from previous marriages. So in reality, it's not actually her, it was actually her business. She was just, you know, it was just passed down to her. And number two, um, she didn't actually really, really like lead the business even when it was hers. She always had people doing it for her and she wouldn't really negotiate with it, to be honest with you. But, you know, that's another story for another day as well. So um, that, you know, honestly, in my opinion, um, it's really sad because sometimes women are misled from careers for different reasons, reasons that don't even make sense, to be honest with you. Um, but in actual fact, if you literally just look in the Sharia and if you just look towards Islam, like it will tell you, hey, women can work. It's totally fine, okay to do so. But just make sure you're not literally justifying any type of job, you know, any random type of job. Um, so the next one is, I saw this. And by the way, I feel like I just stumbled across like some wrong thing or whatever. Um... But it's actually quite funny because I remember someone talking about this and I found it so relatable. So basically, there's this thread, like there's this group on Reddit and it's called Ex-Muslim. Hear me out. I just, I was just like, wow, I can't believe this. So someone said, please provide some good ex-Muslim YouTubers. Salams. Salams. (laughs) Salams. <laughs> I'm looking for some YouTubers. I have listened to Apostate Prophet, Apostate Aladdin, and some others I have stumbled on. Anybody have a good recommendations? Now, for the record, I don't actually know if that person in that conversation is currently a Muslim or not, but I mean, if you found yourself on an ex-Muslim thread and you're asking questions on it, I'm assuming you're thinking of leaving the religion. And um, there were many, many, many people on it who, you know, have decided to leave the religion. All I saw was constant posts attacking attacking hijab literally attacking hijab um one was talking about how you know a whole woman like covered in like you know niqab and you know like the jilbab and everything and they're like oh how can a woman dress like this can ever feel beautiful etc things like that um but the point is this is the one point i want to make if you have decided to leave something if you decide you don't want to ever you know no longer do it why do you keep still talking about it i don't understand this why would you still keep talking about it? There are people who drop out of university, but you don't see them joining group chats, joining conversations where it's like university bashers or going about and making, you know, a whole freaking money scam business YouTube thing over it. Here's why I left university. And it's a constant thing repetitively. It does not make sense to me because how on earth are you forming a community for yourself 
um, of people who've decided to leave like religion. But then all you do is talk about that religion. All you're doing is talking about that religion. You've left it. You've left it in the past. Goodbye, forever, whatever, have you. But then all you can do is talk about it constantly. So rather, is that not the opposite effect? You want to leave something. You want to leave it behind. You want to leave whatever you believe that is associated with it. Yet, it, you know, you just keep following it. You just can't really let go. That does not make sense to me. It just doesn't... It, I, I cannot... It always baffles my mind. And it actually, very funnily, it reminds me of um, some... I can't remember his name, but he was a kind of using a a tiktoker and he would release islamic content so he was making islamic content he was you know a revert muslim and he was making you know islamic videos oh my god you know this xyz yada yada and a few videos here or there basically did not add up and what i mean by that is he was giving incorrect information out but the way he was representing it was xyz hadith says this yada yada this says this you know, this scholar has said this, and a few people who know their knowledge, who know their dean, they were like, whoa, hang up. He's straight up fabricating things here. He's making things up. And so people would start attacking him in the comments. And then it came out that he was no longer Muslim. Like, this wasn't a decision he'd made now. He was never Muslim to begin with. Like, he was never Muslim, guys. He never, ever, ever had accepted Islam. Yet here he was leading people off this path. And again, I cannot comprehend this. How can you be so obsessed with the religion that you want nothing to do with? It does not make sense to me. So it's funny because that isn't really a confession as such, I guess. But at the same time, it just it just baffles me. Like it's What's not clicking, Stephen? What's not clicking? I don't get it. Because how on earth, how on earth are you spending? your precious time, your precious hours and minutes, okay, to talk about something you despise, supposedly despise. Like, for example, I hated, what did I hate? I hated sixth form, okay? I'm not gonna lie, I did not like my experience at sixth form. Yet, if I was to then create an entire platform, an entire experience, an entire, like, motive against sixth form and make money off it and I don't know like gain followers off it and you know recruit people to it over my you know hatred towards sixth form or why I disagree with the concept of sixth form guys what does that say about me here is something that negatively impacted me or I had such a bad experience with I'm supposed to let go of it and leave it in the past yet also here is me absolutely bashing it and loving to make money off it I just it doesn't really make sense to me to be honest with you it just makes me laugh to be honest with you I saw that and I had to share it I just had to share it with you guys so please let me know what you guys think of that like let me you know message me if you're a girl message me and let me know if you're a boy please stay away um I mean that in the nicest way possible and but genuinely like I just it does not make sense to me honestly like I'm rallied up now but anyways thank you so much for tuning in for another episode I absolutely appreciate you guys to the moon and back thank you so much for showing all of the support and love on my Instagram which is at the word affair at the word affairs and on tiktok which is also at the word affairs um if you haven't listened to the other episodes please do um and if you've made it this far once again thank you very much and i will join you guys next week inshallah